You're listening to the Painted Goddess Podcast with Jennifer Hershu, episode number 36. Hey, coming to you after listening to parts of the episode and recognizing that the audio is terrible. The audio is terrible right now because I'm in my car making a last-minute recording, but the audio is terrible then in the next when you hear it all this wish 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 wishing is the microphone hitting my sweater and I just need to hold it up and I'm so sorry I find it utterly annoying I hope you can make it through this episode I think it's actually pretty good so thanks for bearing with me I love you I love you hello witches happy new moon it is Wednesday. Well, maybe it's not Wednesday for you. And it's not Wednesday for me either. I don't know. I just I just love saying it's Wednesday, which is... It's Wednesday, which is... It's my favorite. Um, in case you didn't know, some of that comes back from We Wear, we Wear Black on Wednesdays. And um, yeah, Google that shit. Anyways, go down the rabbit hole. Um, I love you. I'm so excited. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. I just finished um, pulling three names from um, my witch hat, legit witch hat. If you want to see that shit, you can go over to, for the next 24 hours, the live on Instagram. If it's noon, it's past, it's prime. But um, I pulled three names for the Moon Calendar Journal giveaway. I got three of these from... um, my bulk order that uh, did not have namesakes and I really love this work I love moon cycle work I love you know I call it work because it takes diligence and commitment and um, you know I'll be doing a little more work around this you know as a moon guide facilitator for this journal I took a you know I took a um, I want to say it was a six-week class and you know we as a group of women, which is always so powerful, we as a group of women, um, you know, journeyed together just to um, talk about what we thought was important in terms of how this work came through us, right? And what it was that we noticed when we started noticing the moon in relationship to ourselves. Now, you can do this with anything, okay? If the moon's not your fucking jam, that's cool. You can do it with anything and I highly recommend that you do it with something because mirrors are important and this came up actually in the last circle for me that really you know we I just had the new moon in Sagittarius circle and it is the new moon today Tuesday as I record this the moon is in Sagittarius and the moon will still be in Sagittarius Wednesday um, as this podcast goes out I believe and I'm going to check that shit right now but it came up that, um, you know, what is this work for? What is circle work for? And I ended up, um, yes, the Wednesday the and Thursday. Thursday, the moon will be in Sagittarius and, and shift into Capricorn. And that shift into Capricorn, we're going to feel it because it's not, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. But the circle work, listen, circle work is really, you know, just like, moon cycle awareness work. I call it work because of the commitment that it takes to show up for it. 
anyone who tells you that that shit is easy is either, you know, lying or they've completely programmed themselves through habit. Um, and and sometimes sometimes that's a great relationship with habit we have. Right. And sometimes it's um, a little fascist. Right. It might be a little, you know, obsessive, compulsive, um, you know, I, I think that there's, you know, it, there's nothing wrong with it being like, I must do this thing or I, you know, or I'm completely out of whack. I have met so many witches who, you know, they, they, they have their system and they have their way of doing things. And yet, if we struggle with anxiety or depression, this has totally gone off topic, but you know, our self-care can be just one more way of torturing ourselves, one more way of judging ourselves, one more way of talking down to ourselves and talking about how we're unable to finish something, unable to commit to something, all that stuff. So I like to call things ritual and practice and work. Using these words, I'm practicing, right? I, you know, I'm no good at is not a helpful saying (laughs) I'm no good at blah 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 whatever fucking whatever you want to say that's to me like one of the most useless things you can say (laughs) instead if it's something you don't want to do just be like yeah that's not my priority I don't want to do that right like I'm I'm you know I used to say and this almost rolled right off my tongue because I used to say it so often. And I'm saying I used to say it. And, you know, that may have been last fucking week. But today is today. It's a brand new day. Um, so I used to say I'm not good at housekeeping. I'm not good at housework. Um, I'm sitting in my living room. My house is actually, it looks great. I love it. feels great. I've got candles lit all around me because that's my priority. I want to keep everything safe to light candles in. So like there are certain areas I keep really clean. I've been really trying to think of my home as another entity that I care for and a being that I care for and it's energy that I care for. And that's been really helping. That's how I'm practicing. I'm practicing having a relationship with my home. So I no longer even go there where I say I'm not a good housekeeper. Like, it's definitely not a priority of mine. Like, I have no priority of keeping my house super clean. So I'll either, you know, like, if it's dirty, I'll say, you know, it's not my priority this week to get the house super clean. Boom. That's almost every week, by the way. It has been a priority of mine this week, and I'm proud of the work that I've done. And I'm going to be practicing that relationship, like what it means to be in relationship with my house where I'm caring for her. I've decided it's a her. <laughs> she is quite adorned. Um, anyways, all the things. Where was I going when I started on that track down that rabbit hole? Um, I'm late, I'm late, I'm late. Uh, so where was I? Goodness gracious. The moon today. Um, new moon. New intentions. You know, the waxing moon phase can really be helpful. And yes, I was talking about the way that the uselessness of saying, like, I'm not good at, I guess, is what I was going at. Um, 
gosh, <laughs> this, this rarely happens where I've completely lost the train and I can't get back to it at all. Anyways, you guys should message me where I was going to go. Um, <laughs> well, thank you for being here. Like I said, I was just picking the winners for these moon uh, calendars. And as a moon guide, this is where I was going. And as a moon guide, you know, um, my intention is to support you in doing this work. If you want to get a moon calendar started on the moon cycle journey, there's a couple of resources that I highly recommend um, to go deeper with the work. Um, you know, and I do intend to produce more kinds of um, services in alignment with this, with the moon work. But right now, there's so many women that have guided me and I want to give you those resources. One of them is April McMurdy's work, The Moon is My Calendar. I actually am an affiliate for this calendar journal, um, this moon calendar journal. So if you want to get your own and you did not win one, um, from me, uh, then you go to my website, I mean, sorry, my Instagram account, at Painted Goddess, P-A-I-P-A-I-N-T-E-D-G-O-D-D-E-S-S, and you go to my link tree in the bio, and you'll find the link to go get your moon calendar journal. I get a little bit of a kickback affiliate link for spreading her work. She's amazing, and I'm super excited and proud to be part of her collective um, that that is sharing her work. I guess that she's almost sold out of these calendars, you guys, which is so amazing. Last year, I know she had quite a few extras and was still trying to sell them. This year, it's like, boom, they're selling out. So fan-fucking-tastic, super excited. Um, and again, I will be posting in the link tree um, also a Zoom class you can come to called um, Moon School, and it's going to be on December 11th at 10 a.m. and you can get the replay if you sign up and um, and that's that, I guess. So I have to do the back end work for that. I haven't put all that shit up yet. I need to do it so y'all can register and get the info you need to do it. Um, I know I've had some folks asking about it. Um, and if you're curious, if you're a man, you totally can do this work. You can totally track the moon and I highly recommend it actually because without having an inner moon, a blood cycle, um, or anyone who doesn't bleed for that matter, you can help yourself understand cyclical awareness by watching the moon and, and, and um, tuning in there. So yeah, there's that housekeeping piece. Okay, so there were, there were some spots left. I just sold out my Jupiter readings for um, 2019. Um, and so that means like pretty much you know, I may, if you're a current client of mine and want a small reading, a moon reading or something, I might be able to squeeze people in, but I'm booked full through the end of this year. So I'm going to open up January bookings soon um, and they're already starting to fill up. So what I'm interested in looking at for myself is um, doing a little background work and um, starting to look at the cycles and the different transits and creating a more consistent monthly offering. Um, and I also actually am looking for feedback right now because my a few of my clients have asked to work on an ongoing basis with me and what that might look like. And I almost considered, well, almost, I am considering a group coaching model to some degree where um, 
I, you know, you pay a monthly um, subscription, you get one reading with that subscription, and then there is um, a live component or a workbook component. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm not sure. I think the workbook component would probably work better for me um, because I do have my lives that I do in the Ritual Collective, which is a free group that I have on Facebook. If you're not in there, come hang out with us. I do a weekly uh, live where I pull cards and actually I'm going to be changing that to in the new year to be monthly. So I'm shifting up my whole schedule, shifting up my priorities. Um, I'm looking towards, you know, the clients who want to um, make exchange for my time and really work on themselves. I know this work, astrology and tarot together that I've been doing is so powerful and potent. And um, while it's definitely not what I expected it to be, I think it's the I mean, it's one of the ways that I feel like I'm a coach, I'm a life coach, and I, <laughs> the life coach term is not something I'm like, you know, shouting from the rooftops or anything, but I mean, I'm using my witchy tools to coach people through life, um, and the clients that have come back again and again that I'm so grateful for, by the way, um, you know, are making really cool moves in their lives. And I want to, you know, find ways to support them more. And that just means that I close off a bit of the, you know, um, random, you know, readings that I might do and make more of a program. I also have um, created, I created it a year ago, actually, in the moment of like um, intense inspiration of download is a, a coaching program that basically lasts eight sessions and ends with a ninth session that's a group retreat and um tw 2020 might be the year that I fucking launch that shit so um stay tuned for that we'll see <laughs> I'm not I'm not committing to anything just yet because I need to see how this full moon eclipse happens for me um on the 26th of December um, because it's kind of sandwiching all this other stuff for me. Um, <clears throat> yep. And, you know, next week, uh, Jupiter is going to head into Capricorn on Tuesday. So I'll be recording this podcast on that day and I'll be definitely updating you on all of that fun stuff. So if you didn't get a reading from me, there'll be some generic situations that I'm going to talk about. Um, all right. How about this too? There's a little bit of a note. So on Saturn <coughs> and Pluto. So Saturn and Pluto have been in Capricorn for a while and they've been demolishing. They've like been the demolishing crew. They're like editing. They, um, you remember that song um, by Cake where it's the, I want a girl with a short skirt and a long jacket and she's cut going through the facility and cutting red tape that is, that is Pluto and Saturn walking through Capricorn. They're just cutting all this shit away, all the bullshit, taking it away, bullshit, 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 taking it away because the building crew is coming. Jupiter with its vision going into Capricorn on December 2nd is going to start to come with the blueprint. You're going to get all these downloads of what the divine plan for you based on your desires, right? Not based on shit, not based on like old programming, right? 
So, so root it out, root out all that old programming. Be truthful to yourself. Are you still relying on all that bullshit? Are you actually still being a narcissist even though you're claiming that somebody's been gaslighting you for years? Are you actually, you know, healing from it or have you spiritually bypassed yourself? These are questions I ask myself all the fucking time. Not to say that I'm you <laughs> like got it, right? But it's like am I still buffering? Am I still abandoning myself? Am I still actually, you know, um, there's so many questions that I have been contemplating recently. And I, I, of course, loving myself through it all, still doing my best, still working on my divine yes and my divine no. Again, that is the way that I, um, I know, like, it, it, you know, when it feels good to say yes, and it feels free and liberating to say yes, not you know, constricting and scary to say yes, right? When it's like, oh, yes. And it's like that open door. You know what it feels like. Notice when your yes feels like a door slamming in your fucking face or like a punch to the gut. Don't ignore that shit anymore. <laughs> Stop it. Okay. All right. Um, so on to when we come back, we're going to have a little breaky break. So you can listen to my fantastic commercial about Spotify, which by the fucking way, I just want to tell you, Spotify has been giving me life this last week because I had this crazy inspiration to make an entire playlist of like just, I mean like, because I used to be compartmentalizing. This is my Virgo thinking and this is how I know I'm growing as a Virgo because the compartmentalization of my life had gotten pretty fucking good right like really nice little boxes and a house you know okay all of that really good I started as I started to kind of expand and blur the lines and decide like gray good fine no problem everything on the spectrum right my mind started, I think, carving new pathways. You know, you can't, you can't go back from that. You can't go back from, you know, things are one way or the other to everything is everything. Everything is illuminated, right? Um, so, so connections and, and all of that stuff, it's just all connected. Anyway, I recognized that... Um, I hadn't had a playlist that was just like everything to me. And so I started it. Now this playlist could potentially be like right now it's, I think eight hours of music. So like, like I'm creating my requiem. (laughs) So just so you know, it will be in my last will and testament for anyone who will like will care to listen to this playlist and you could listen to it now before I'm dead if you want and you could follow it so that when new fresh tracks come up in it um, you can listen but you can kind of you know uh, I invite you to go and listen to my life through music because I guarantee that if you asked me about any one song I would be able to tell you a memory and other than that, my memory is near shit. But I, that, but music pulls me right in. Pulls me right in. And I know it's true for you too. Anyways, here's my, that's my ad before the ad. So enjoy. I'll see you on the other side.
Well, welcome back, dear listener. (laughs) I love you so much. And I want you to look at yourself in the mirror the next time you're there and just wink and say, I fucking love you. You're a badass. Do that shit. (laughs) Stop apologizing for taking up space. (sighs) Okay. (laughs) The rant is not over. I'm lit up today. Um, Anyways, how I'm also, (laughs) I just want to paint a picture for you. I'm sitting on my couch in my living room. I am surrounded by candles. And I have my witch hat on today because I used it to pull all those, um, the, the names out of the hat to, for the drawing. And I just kept it on because number one, it keeps my head warm and I'm a practical magic witch. Um, but also it kind of makes me feel magical, like in and of itself. I also have, um, it's a little chilly in my house. I don't keep it super warm. So anyways. I'm feeling magical today, super excited for everything that is coming, Um, you know, 2020, all these Jupiter readings, there's deep work to be done, and we've been doing deep work, Um, but I am so reminded how capable we are, how capable we are, and how um, it's just about permission, you know, it's just about noticing where you can't, should, won't, didn't whatever, right? Can't, shan't, should, woulda, coulda, all that business. You know, use powerful words to describe your time management. Prioritize the things that matter to you and then don't apologize. This is as much of a like thing for you as it is for me. I want to listen to this podcast in a year and be like, I fucking did that. You know, Anyways, so this is the third in six of my last podcasts for the season one uh, of the Pain and Goddess podcast, and I'm super excited to share this. I did a podcast about the wheel of the year um, earlier in this podcast, and it was really a very brief kind of um, overview. Now, this isn't going to be that different, to be honest, um, as a brief overview, but I am going to try to really tune into the essence of each of these holidays and tell and weave a story to some degree. And also just how t- focusing on the celebratory part. Okay. Now, one of the things that I highly recommend that you do, if you're not familiar with the wheel of the year or just starting out as observing or call you know self-identifying as a witch you know tune into this cycle okay the moon being a mentor is wonderful the lunar cycle is wonderful right it's a lunar it's a lunar cycle it's 29 days so that's a mentorship that i take and it's a nice edible digestible chunk of time where you can manifest and powerful things right well here's another cycle It's the solar cycle. That's what the wheel of the year is. That's what the seasons are. Because when we look at the sun, okay, so the sun cycle could be a day, right? But when you look at the overarch of the year, okay, and you look at how we experience daylight and and the seasons of growth and death and rebirth, right? All of that is there in the solar season. So, Um, 
looking at the wheel of the year, honoring the wheel of the year, understanding and placing ourselves in the wheel of the year, you know, just like, where's the moon? Where am I? Where's the sun? Where am I? That kind of traveling we do through the year. This is like, this is archaic stuff. This is ancient wisdom because all they had to do was observe their surroundings to see what was happening on the external plane and it would be a mirror, right? And this is what I was kind of alluding to back at the other side of this podcast where I was talking about mirrors. If you're unable to see yourself as a living natural being, if you're not able to use that metaphor of nature to see yourself in a dandelion, to see yourself in a tree, to see yourself in a bee, right? To see yourself in the sky and the clouds moving through it, to relate parts of your life emotionally, spiritually, physically. Uh, it's like to have a, the ability to put yourself in anything's quote unquote shoes, right? Put yourself in the roots of iris tubers, right? Put yourself in the, um, the fallen leaves shoes, right? Put yourself in the shoes of the crows and dropping nuts on the, on the road before the cars drive by. All these things have kind of magic to them. And it's up to us to notice what we notice and how we notice it and notice how we reflect it. We're reflecting ourselves. We notice what we notice. We, we know everything as we are. I guarantee you meet a person who thinks that the earth is a dangerous and terrorizing place full of mischief and the world's just trying to destroy us with its weather. If you be, meet someone who really believes that, then you, they, they will often, and this has been true for me, they will often also feel that way about like everything. They feel threatened or um, angry or helpless or, you know, and we all have these feelings, right? But, but notice we, we, through cyclical awareness, get to experience the balance of that spectrum, the other side, all the things. You can experience every single thing that happens in the universe, everything, even though you're stuck in this body, right? You can, you can kind of journey outside of it in your mind's eye and welcome in the, the expression of something else into your psyche and embody it, right? Um, <laughs> that's kind of a... But this was, yeah, like I recognized in circle this. This is what I was getting at last time, you guys. I got it back. Circle is not... Um, it's not for everyone and it's not for everyone at in in their moment right it's, it's not to say like oh once you know you've decided circles not for you it's never for you some people are not ready and it's just a seed planted you're not ready for the full-on work you've just kind of stepped into the threshold and you're really not sure what to make of everything right? It maybe feels hokey or too woo-woo or like it's not for you because it's like, no, I'm good. Like I don't need, 
You know, I don't need to contemplate my navel like that. I don't need to share my feelings with others. I don't need to be held in sacred space. You know, a lot of people, I get it. A lot of people don't think that or or do not actually need, I'm sure, that kind of space. Um, however, I do question their ability to mirror, you know, and have, um, have that affect them because after sitting in circle and being open right the process of opening yourself to to someone else and the process of opening yourself to say a plant and seeing its wisdom seeing its beauty and really being overwhelmed by that is an unfolding it's not something that happens I think all at once although it can and I don't think it's something that is the same for everyone, although we can have similar experiences and share in that beauty, right? So claim your own experience. Watch your own thoughts. Feel your own feelings. And, and you know, I'd love to hear what, you know, if you've been to a circle um, and done circle work, right, the work that it is, it's a commitment to staying open. It's a commitment to staying present. It's a commitment to really honoring yourself and others through a process that is not easy. To be held in vulnerability and to be held accountable for your own actions, we often delegate all of our power away to others. Our boss, our parents, our kids, the life we didn't have, the life we do have, <laughs> our, whatever it is, the thing we should do, the thing we shouldn't do, we relegate all this power to the quote-unquote, you know, things we have to do, our responsibility. And it's taking it back. Okay, that was where I was going with the mirroring and the circle work and the commitment and getting in there and getting into the trenches of circle work and loving it anyways, the beauty and the whole spectrum of it. It's all the things. It's not just one fucking thing right? It's the sacred and the profane. All right. Which is what the wheel of eight is about, right? And I'm actually, you know, I'm going to recommend a couple of books here because they've been companions of mine. Um, the first one I've, I've bought for many years. I have quite a few of them and it's the magical almanac that Llewellyn puts out every year. Um, you know, I didn't really use, I kind of revisited it because I you know, I used to buy these all the time when I was really young, when I was a baby witch. They've got a bunch of contributors into it. It's got an, um, a basic ephemeris for each day. It's not an ephemeris, I'm sorry. It's more like a, um, it says the moon and it says a color, it has the incense, it has some magical kind of teachings in the almanac part of it for all the day. And then it has some ritual suggestions and whatnot. The other recommendation I have for baby witches, if you're looking to start a practice of honoring the wheel of the year, noticing the seasons, is um, a planner for a magical 2000, whatever. Amy Cesari puts out this um, coloring book of shadows planner, and um, I have bought it for the last two years. Um, I did switch it up to the magic of I this year, um, and... And mostly because for me, um, I think the magic of I is really focused on astrological transits 
And while the this one does have that, um, uh, the this the magical uh, planner for a magical year by Amy Cesari, um, it also has all these beautiful uh, rituals, and um, it's a really it's a, and she's got a whole front section about how to cast a circle, um, how to work with different tools. Um, and it's really, really a beautiful, beautiful book. And it's really a great guide. It's a DIY guide for a baby witch, in my opinion, um, or whatever. You don't have to call yourself a baby witch. That's such a fucking thing to say. Um, but if you are, if you are, uh, you know, about, you know, if you're stepping onto the path, of magic and wanting to really like actually, you know, get to grassroots. The wheel of the year is where you start. This is where you start. Start to notice the seasons. Start to notice the teachings and the wisdom of each time of year and notice the transition times. Notice because that is astrology too. Western astrology is based on seasons, right? All the mutable signs like Sagittarius, okay? Sagittarius is mutable fire and it is between fall and winter and it's interesting that it's a fire right it's during this one of the times when you get those cold snaps during the year but interestingly enough we've also got our fair amount of forest fires going on this time of year um but the mutable fire um the mutableness the child the quality the charge of the sign will say what it's in the fixed signs are in the middle of a season the cardinal signs begin the season, right? So there's three qualities, cardinal, mutable, and fixed. And, and when you look at the wheel of the year and you look at all of the Sabbaths, it's really, and I, I highly recommend like a visual for this. I'll share one on my Instagram. If you want to go over and take a look at my Instagram, you'll see a wheel of the year. You'll see mine that I colored in my book of shadows. Actually, I'll take a picture of it. It's not fancy colored, by the way. It's just doodle colored. Um, but at any rate, I love it and I love these images. And so if you're looking for something that's very, um, imaginative, has lots of good images, has some teachings about witchy, um, which, a uh, witch wheel of the year, then I highly recommend it. The other book that I recommend is a book, um, called Goddess Wisdom. Um, it's by Tanishka. Um, I think I'm saying that right. Tanishka. She's a woman who was initiated into, um, you know, the goddess and she writes very well. It's very succinct. She covers a lot of ground. It's probably the most comprehensive, um, book that I have ever read. And I'll just read you the contents because I mean, I'm well, like the chapter contents. So there's three parts. I think part one is foundations. Part two is teachings and practices and part three, oh, she only has part two parts. Never mind. It should have three parts. She should know this. <laughs> Just joking. Okay, so foundations, chapter one, the return of the sacred feminine, chapter two, her story, ancient goddess cultures, chapter three, the goddess tradition. Okay, so that's kind of the groundwork, the foundations, right? And then part two is teaching and practices. So chapter four, Core Beliefs in the Three Pathways of Initiation, Chapter 5, Shakti Power, Chapter 6, The Wheel of Eight, Chapter 7, Goddess Phases of the Lunar Cycle, Chapter 8, uh, 
did I say chapter eight already? Chapter seven, goddess phases of the lunar cycle. Chapter eight, rites of passage. Chapter nine, secret women's business. <laughs> See, uh, chapter 10, goddess, goddess rituals and sacred ceremonies. Chapter 11, goddess symbolism. And conclusion, walking the goddess path. So it really talks about just kind of guiding yourself through this. And it's enough of the nuggets where it doesn't go super deep right on each um although as a body of work it does go pretty deep right um but it's more expansive than it is depth and you get to go in and say well you know what i'm going to learn way more about this thing and go deeper right keep digging but she's got chapter six the wheel of eight so she talks about these the wheel of eight um and it looks like a moon cycle looks like a astrological wheel right this wheel of eight and um, so this is, her, this is her, her deal. The best known of the three initiation pathways of ancient goddess-worshipping folk is the journey around the seasonal mandala, the seasonal descent, known as the Wheel of Eight. Picture below. She's got the Wheel of Eight there. And go to my Instagram. You'll see it. Which, which were observed. Um, it has eight energetic gateways. Okay, she calls them gateways, which is very apt, right? They are gateways, known as Sabbaths, which were observed in turn by ancient peoples as a practice to grow and mature with the seasons. Now, it's, so this is the spiritual path. So just like if you're a farmer, you know, you're going to have a growth uh, cycle and uh, kind of this way that you go about cultivating, right? You cultivate this outer garden. When the inner garden is the same. So the eight, eight Sabbaths and the Wheel of the Year are these three-day power windows where you're kind of initiated into the next season. Now, the other part of this that I think is really important to understand is we're not just going around like an merry-go-round, right? We're not going on a merry-go-round on this flat earth surface. We're actually spinning through the universe in a spiral that's drilling forward, Right? So we're actually spiraling. And so every time you come around, think of the way that each Sabbath matures each year that you honor it. You can think of this no matter what holidays you've been spending. Notice the deepening of your awareness around certain aspects of a holiday, its qualities, right? How it relates to the seasons that it's being celebrated within, right? So they are these three-day power windows. They're kind of holy days that are celebrated with festivals. Now, four of them are fire festivals. And, um, and then the other ones are like fertility festivals. So, but these were, these were celebrated in times when, you know, people needed to really uh, get together. Like if you think about harvest festivals, you, you have these days where there's so much abundance but you don't get to, pre like, if you, were, if you have any hopes of preserving all of the strawberries that happened, um, you know, then you're going to need people to come and help you make jam. So you have a party and you work a bit and then you play a bit, right? And, or, or you eat all the berries. So there's definitely, like, this sense that, like, it's communal. There's meant to be communal, community uh, interact in these, in these Sabbaths. Now, that's one of my greatest sorrows is that 
I do not live in a pagan wonderland. I'm not sure that that exists. I'm sure that they've tried. I know there's a few documentaries on Netflix about cults that seem like pretty close. But here's the thing is that, and, and Findhorn, by the way, the, intent, the commune I lived in Scotland was, uh, you know, it was as, I mean, there were Christians and all sorts of other people who practiced different religions. But I think they were all open to the fact that we were spiritual beings having a human experience and that that kind of gives um, another kind of gateway to a mind frame, right? It's a growth mindset that's different than many um, religious mindsets that I've encountered Um, in, in the norm, in the norm. Okay. Everybody, everybody has their own way. Okay. So, but this, this kind of wisdom, even though it was about, you know, preserving maybe the harvest or, you know, um, in bulk, for example, um, it was about the first time the lambs were born. So milk came back, right? You don't have milk unless you've got, um, you know, pregnant lamb, (laughs) um, ewes, right? So you didn't have milk all winter. You didn't, you know, so it's like, before the end of the milking season, you get all the cheese you can't, you know, it's like you do all these things to, to create preservation for, for, for what the abundance was at that certain time. And you had to kind of pace yourself. Right. Um, but now we kind of, you know, understand them as, um, this kind of template to grow and mature ourselves, to grow wise with the seasons, right? The wheel of eight, she says, is a temple to ensure that what is sown thrives to its fullest potential. And so, you know, observing these Sabbaths is really about observing the self and observing our growth. And, you know, I have definitely wrapped this up as well with astrological transits for me, you know, 12 year cycles, which is a Jupiter cycle. You know, when you look at, when I look at 12 um, Samhain's back, when I look at 12 Imbolc's back, right? And what was I doing then? Now, granted, I was not uh, committed to a spiritual path of, of celebrating the Sabbaths 12 years ago, but there were little parts of it. And I was, um, I, I want to actually look because I know several years ago, it might have been 10 years ago, maybe even almost 12, um, we created, you know, we started creating some ritual and I started doing some parties that were really spiritually based. And I was really afraid that my friends would think it was really weird. And, you know, when I started doing circles in my living room four and a half years ago and invited people that I knew, you know, we were still basically, we were getting together, most of us, when we got together and eating a lot of crappy food, drinking a ton of wine and just kind of you know, talking about stuff. And some of the conversations, of course, were amazing because I know amazing people who are fantastic thinkers, deep thinkers. But sometimes, especially when, you know, we would start, we would drink a lot, we would just kind of go off and talk about politics and kind of stir the pot around, you know, things that actually really brought us down. And, you know, not to say that that's not, you know, needed and worthy and fucking all the things, right? But I was really uh, feeling at that time like I wanted deeper connection to the kind of subtle 
nuances that happened in the world. And to me, the way that the pagan wheel of the year honors those seasons helps us to turn inside. It says, you know, it's like I'm like Sagittarius season. We're approaching winter. We're approaching inner winter. How have you experienced an inner winter? Has it always been depressing? Has it always been joyful? Has it not always been anything? So noticing those patterns of, wow, you know, my inner winter is, you know, really steeped in a lot of triggers. Or my inner winter is really kind of, you know, lackadaisical. I I lack motivation. For me, you know, what gets triggered for me is I, I, I start bringing out the crafts, right? I'm about to break out my fucking sewing machine. And, you know, there's just these things that I notice about myself. It's been true for a really long time. These are my observances, right? It doesn't have to be some ritual that involves, you know, all sorts of woo magic, right? Notice what your magic is. Notice what your tendency is when you are, you know, celebrating and honoring yourself during that time of year. That's a very good way, I think, to connect to your own power and magic. So... This wheel of the year, um, you know, and you can go back and listen to all of the, all of them. I, my intention this year is beginning with Yule. Um, I'm sorry, not beginning with Yule because I'm going to be taking two weeks off and I'll be on break during Yule, but, um, starting with Imbolc, I will be talking about specific, um, high holidays, so to speak the wheel of eight. So I will have a series of podcasts about the wheel of eight each in turn. And, um, I'm really excited to do that. I'm excited to maybe even have guests on those podcasts. Um, I'm excited to talk about events that are going on in the area, um, for people who want to, you know, go and do public ceremony. Um, anyways, I love this. And this is again from this book, Goddess Wisdom. The word Sabbath comes from the ancient Babylonian term Shapatu, which means heart rest, which referred to the 15th day of the lunar calendar, the full moon. Notice the, so notice if we were on a lunar calendar, it'd be like, oh, day 15, moon's full. I'm ovulating. (laughs) Okay. Judaism took this concept and created the weekly Sabbath, a day of rest from Friday to Saturday evening, marked by a family feast and religious observances. So while some scholars claim the Shapatu was considered a holy day of rest to honor the menstruation of the goddess, I suspect it was also a time devoted to the sacred sexual practice that was central to the goddess tradition. Why? Full moon is the time of union between goddess and goddess, god and goddess, for it's when the moon, which rules the feminine, reflects the most amount of sunlight, which is the masculine principle, creating magnetism towards uh, between gender opposites. In the tantric traditions of Hinduism and Buddhism, full moon is the time of the month when male initiates invoke the sacred masculine and feminine initiates invoke the sacred feminine and make love with the sacred intent of harmonizing opposites for the greater good. You could do this on your own, by the way. We all have this within us. It's less likely for a woman to menstruate on at full moon. However, it, it, however, should it have occurred, 
It was considered the greatest honor in the tantric tradition for a man to lie with a menstruating woman. For this was when a woman was considered closest to the divine during her most inward phase. However, regardless of the fluctuating rhythms of the female fertility cycle, it makes sense that this was a time dedicated to ritual lovemaking, a practice that was afforded the utmost respect by ancient goddess-worshipping cultures. I love this idea. Okay, so here's the deal, though. This really is kind of sidetracking. This is back to the to the moon in some ways because you're talking about the moon cycle. But the power the the power of the eight, the wheel of eight, um, you know, has to do with these solstices. Okay, and the solstices are the polarities of extreme light and dark that occur during the longest day in summer and the shortest day in winter. Right. So they really challenge us energetically and emotionally. They show us, you know, it's like how little or how much or, you know, it's just that polar opposite. It's experiencing the zenith of the feminine yin in the winter. Right. That's the yin time. The heart rest. Right. That is the. That is the, the, that is the, the full, the the, the new moon of the year, right? The time we're inward. Okay. And when, and it's our blood time, right? It's the bleeding time. It's the, all of that is, is centered around that new moon and the winter solstice, December 21st, which is also called Yule, Y-U-L-E, is the shortest day of the year it's the winter solstice okay and then on the opposite of that you've got litha l-i-t-h-a which is the summer solstice it's the longest day of the year it's basically like the day of it's like day 15 the ovulation day it's the full moon of the year you know it's all connected okay it's the day when we're the most expressive and most energetic and you know, all the flowers and plants are banging, right? It's just like everything is pollinating. <laughs> the sperm of trees floating in the wind, <laughs> you know, everything's super fucking lit and fertile. And so then you've, so you've got that polarity, right? The solstices. Then we've got the polarity of the equinoxes, okay? So the solstice and the equinoxes are the cross days in the eight. So then the other two, the, the, um, the equinoxes, we've got Ostara and Mebon. Ostara happens in March. It's the spring equinox, first day of spring, right? And that's when day and night are equal timing-wise, but we're tipping towards a longer day, right? And then the autumn equinox... September 23rd, it's the equal balance of day and night, except we're tipping towards the darkness, towards the shorter days, right? So these are the, this is the, this is the, the quarter holidays in this wheel of eight. And then the cross quarter holidays are the fire festivals. <laughs> so between Yule, between the winter solstice and Ostara, the spring equinox, we've got Imbolc. And Imbolc happens February 1st, 2nd. We always, they, there's a, like they said, like she said, there's a three-day gateway. We, se- we witches celebrate, take the advantage, three days. Um, 
but this is really about in bulk is really about rest and regeneration it's the incubation of ideas it's that first stirring of spring that's when the 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 crocuses come up right the daffodils start to to come up the tulips all those first bulbs they start to kind of peek out right we turned it into groundhog's day by the way that's what it is now it's like oh does the Puxatani Phil see the shadow okay the second cross quarter holiday is between Ostara and Letha now Ostara again is spring equinox and we did all you know there's a whole situation and I'll talk about all these in their own podcasts but Ostara and Letha so between spring equinox and the summer solstice <coughs> we've got Beltane and Beltane is a fire festival as well now very different feeling from in bulk as a fire festival in bulk it's usually a wood fire on the inside of your house right it's about the home fires burning with beltane may 1st may day right the flowers are really starting to go it's taurus season you know right so it's like the middle of spring it's middle spring Everything is really growing. It's a growth enduring time. And it's all about the heart chakra as well. But it's Taurus season, heart chakra. It's banging time for blooms and it's a fire festival. And Beltane has turned into May Day, right? It's when we share flowers with others. It's about abundance. It's kind of, it's kind of beautiful, like the secular version of it. It's kind of beautiful. Um, although that was bigger when I was young than it is, I think, now. Now May Day is known as Worker Rights Day, and a lot of protests happen on May Day. Um, a lot of riots, which is also good, in my opinion. Okay, so then between the summer solstice and the autumn equinox, so between Letha and Mebon, we've got Lunasa. And Lunasa is... Um, is the one that's spelt all crazy, L-U-G-H-N-A-S-A-D-H, Lunasa. Now, it's a Celtic word, um, and, or um, Gaelic, rather, maybe. It's definitely, um, now I want to know for sure (laughs) what the base of this word is, but I definitely have always thought of it as a um, Gaelic word, like a Celtic word. And Lunasa, like I said, is between Letha and Mebon, so between summer solstice and autumn equinox. And it's a fire festival. It's the first harvest celebration. It's the first of two harvest celebrations. So the first harvest, you know, it's August 1st. It's really when... Um, you know, everything that's been growing in the sun is finally ready to eat. And it's a great time to really, like I said, start preserving some of that bounty, some of that abundance for the winter time, right? It's the wheat, you know, it's when you harvest wheat in August, right? And it's when you plant corn. So you harvest the wheat, you plant the corn. And these are, these are, you know, agricultural things, but the first harvest celebration too, it's like, you know, August being the, the beginning of the end of summer in some ways, right? It's Leo season. 
you know, which is fixed fire. It's middle summer. It's really asking us to be like out there and be seen and kind of do our thing and be bold, um, you know, before we kind of have to start slowing down a little bit, right? Because Maybon, as, you know, autumn equinox, right, fall time, beginning of fall, this is, you know, autumn equinox is on the first, is the first day of fall, right? And um, it begins the time when the leaves start falling and everything starts declining, right? Things are not thriving anymore and growing new flowers. Things are declining. They're starting to wane, right? So it's a time of letting go. It's a time of making sure you've got stocks for the winter, making sure you've got everything kind of, you know, well to do. And if spiritually, it's definitely letting go of things that already spent themselves. Like think of, you know, oh, I had all these dreams for this year and I got this, 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 and this accomplished. This didn't really happen. So then you take stock. It's like, oh yeah, I want to reboot that for next year or nope, you know what? That's not for me. I'm going to reprioritize and I'm going to let that go. And so, you know, that's where we're at, you know, between Lunasa and Mebon, it's like, that's the kind of query, right? And then we have, um, between Mebon and Yule, we have Samhain or Samhain, um, is it's turned into Halloween. It's the 31st of October. And this is when the ve the veil thins. This is when the shadow work really starts to come in. It's Scorpio season. We're really starting to feel the depths of our emotion. Um, you know, and by the way, it's a time of death, right? So there's a lot of people that I know who have noticed this too, that, you know, things die. If they're not going to live through the winter because winter can be tough right winter is not for the faint of heart and so those who are fragile and this includes plant <laughs> plant vegetable and mineral they die you know annual plants die off at this time never to be seen again perennials drop all their leaves so that they can send all their sugars down to their roots and stay alive when there's no sun to feed them, right? To, so they can convert uh, energy. So it's definitely a time of like, of, of, of death and, and decay. And yet, you know, from, from a standpoint, it's a fire festival. So this is the thing, these cross-quarter holidays being fire festivals are really about bringing the light into these, um, you know, kind of liminal spaces, these times of in-between, you know, because the polarities really have messages, right? They're strong messages. When you look at the, the cross quarters, it's like, okay, you know, and, and so here's, if you know, like, that's the other thing. When you're timing, when you're looking at time management, even on a very practical fucking which level, right? If you say, um, from, you know, from summer solstice, when everything is just really lit up, there's so much abundance, everything's really great from Letha to Mebon, when you let go, when the leaves are dropping and everything, there's a lot of work to do in between those times. And Lunasa is like the halfway point. Lunasa is going to be like, Hey, it's halfway. Have you gotten to the, your to-do list? Have you figured out what you're going to decide? Because soon the decision will be made for you. Right. This is the tower time, you know, that's coming. 
then, you know, if you don't make the decision, the tower comes and sweeps whatever it feels like it should sweep away away. If you want any say, you got to work on certain things and, and, and all that stuff. That makes sense. So I really think, you know, so this just in general, it's the spiral, the death, birth, life, rebirth, death, life, rebirth. Like it's just this spiral of cycles that we kind of go for. So again, the wheel of eight consists of eight seasonal festivals, which are called Sabbaths. There's four solar festivals. Those are the solstices and the equinoxes. Okay. And that's that, that cross. And then there's four fire festivals, the cross quarter festivals that occur halfway between the solstices and the equinoxes, right? And they are, they're Celtic names. They're Imbolc, Samhain, Lunasa, and Beltane. So the solstices are the polarities of the extremes, right? Between the light and the dark that occur during the longest day and the shortest day. And they challenge us. And from this book, the equinoxes are the balance points, right? That's known. They occur halfway between the solstices, okay? So the solstices are that polarity, the equinoxes are that polarity, and they cross each other. And then we've got the cross-quarter holidays, which cross those, and it's the um, halfway points between the solar festivals. And they mark that shift in the energy, right? Where it's like, it's a wax and then a wane. Between those two polarities, you know, if we're talking about... um, uh, each quarter being its own kind of cycle, there's a, there's a tipping point where we're halfway there and that's that cross quarter holiday and we're falling into the next, um, energy, right? And it's the sacred cycle and it's, it's, she calls it ritual theater that includes ceremonies offering audience participation, right? So these, these were open, these, the ceremonies, the mysteries, the most sacred mysteries, there was speculation about how they were actually occurring. And she talks about the, the way in which, you know, people might play out in ceremony, how these, how these mythical journeys happen. And I really love that, although I'm not a theatrical kind of person, and even in my circles, I kind of cut the woo say, you know, with a little, with, you know, with my humanity, I swear I do all the, you know, so it's like, I, I think that there is something sacred in all moments and it's not important for us to keep formalities in order for shit to be sacred, right? It's just about our awareness and our, our honoring ourselves and honoring others and honoring the moment and what's present. And so, you know, I'm excited. Thank you for, you know, being here. Thank you for listening. I'm excited to do this whole series. I've, you know, this was something I just decided as I was writing this podcast, you know, writing the outline out that this is something I want, I want to mark and I'm going to schedule these podcasts during my uh, year ahead scheduling sessions because I really um, do myself also want to commit again in 2020 to honoring each Sabbath in a very real way. And maybe that looks like some public offerings, some events. Maybe that just looks like um, little ceremonies in my home with close friends. Maybe it's probably going to be both. Probably going to be both. I love you so much. Thank you so much for being here. I hope that you have a beautiful, beautiful day. Happy new moon in Sagittarius. The full moon is in two weeks on the 12th in Gemini. So notice where that is in your chart. If you want to go to 
uh, astrocharts.com, astro-charts.com. You can look up your chart, know your birth date. You can see where it is. If you want a little bit of guidance on that, shoot me a DM and say, hey, I looked at my chart. You have to do that part. Otherwise, you got to pay me for a reading, which you're welcome to do. But go and check out your reading, your uh, natal chart. See what house that stuff is in. And let me know what polarity you're working with for this uh, new moon in Sagittarius and Gemini full moon season. I love you so much. Have a beautiful day. Blessed be. Hey, thank you for listening. It's such an honor to be in your ear every week as I contemplate the cosmos and talk about all this witch business. If you've benefited from this podcast or any of my work, please do me the honor of sharing it. You can go to the Apple Podcasts app and rate, review, and subscribe which really helps the algorithm gods show others, just like you, who are looking for this work, what it is that's going on over here at the Painted Goddess Podcast. Thank you so much again. And if you're interested in booking with me, go to paintedgoddess.com slash readings, where you'll find all my latest offers. And I'm opening my books for January 2020 as well. Thank you. Take care.